All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Frog Pod Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Flanagan, alongside my co-host, Mr. Alan Taylor. Uh, we have a very special episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about the NFL draft, the frogs that could be getting drafted this weekend. Frogs, we hope, get drafted. We're also going to be talking about the frogs' upcoming series against Texas. It's a big series, not only for the frogs, but for the Longhorns in general and for the Big 12 as a whole. Two powerhouses that aren't doing as well as they thought. Uh, so we're going to preview that series but before we dive into things we would like to briefly dedicate this episode in the loving memory of julie johansson a member of the tcu rifle team who sadly lost her life earlier this week uh, she was a great rifle player she held many records throughout tcu and the ncaa and she was on track to be one of the best in tcu rifle history this is a tough loss for not only the TCU rifle community, but the whole entire TCU community as a whole. Uh, so before we begin this episode officially, we'll be taking a brief moment of silence. With that, we get this thing started, Alan. As we record this episode, it is Thursday, April 27th. It's draft night, Alan. The draft's in Kansas City. Uh, it's, it, the NFL draft is by far and away the most talked about, the most the most analyzed, the most everything when it comes to the drafts in sports. It's it's a, it's truly an event. It's why it travels the way it does, unlike other drafts. And, and this draft for TCU is huge because we have plenty of players that are going to come off the board at different positions. We have some question marks, guys who are on defensive who are getting drafted. But as of tonight, uh, the, the first round starts tonight, second and third, tomorrow, Friday, and then Rounds four through seven on Sunday. We're going to see Horn Frogs, we assume, called every single day. Tonight, the question is, does Quentin Johnston get drafted? Mr. Taylor, before you answer that question, when you see this class of Horn Frogs who are going to try to make that next step being pro Frogs, what do you see? I mean, I see a group that led TCU to new feats. I mean, you're talking about a group that was able to lead TCU to a national championship appearance and basically lead a new era under Sonny Dykes to unforeseen success that nobody really thought was going to happen. We knew we had a lot of talented pieces on this roster. When you talk about guys like Quentin Johnston and Steve Avila and these other type of players that we knew were going to be pros, but we didn't know they were necessarily going to be drafted this highly talking about guys that are first, second round picks. So it's really exciting to see all of them reach their true pro aspirations over these next couple of days. So that, that leads to the question now Quentin Johnston, uh, who was the third-ranked receiver recruit out of Texas. Uh, for those of you who have been following Frog Pod, he actually committed our junior year after the big win against Texas back in 2019. Quentin was an original rec- uh, commit to the University of Texas and then flipped his commitment. But many knew that he'd be an impact player, Allen, but f- to be in a, this position, I wouldn't say shocks many people, but it's just nice to see a prospect that you hold so highly actually come into fruition. He comes in, uh, according to NFL Draft Buzz, as the second overall ranked wide receiver prospect. He is a unicorn, uh, as people are calling him in terms of his ability to go up for balls as well as have yak ability. He was clocked in at a 4-5-2-40, stands in at 6'3", 210 pounds. But, Allen... This was once a guy who was being boxed in the top 10, top 12 for sure. And now the NFL has rescinded, not really rescinded, but um, 
you know, unexpectedly did not send him an offer to be in Kansas City to, uh, to potentially have, when he hears his name called, be on stage with the commissioner. So I go back to the original question. Do you think that Quentin Johnston gets drafted tonight? If you want, you can say where you think he'll get drafted. But overall, as a TCU fan, what are you looking for out of Quentin Johnson, the team who drafts him? And what do you think his NFL career is going to be like? I mean, I guess to start, I do think Quentin drafted Quentin Johnston does get drafted tonight. I think that he's the type of player that is a first round level talent. And I think he is able to make the type of plays that you can look for and that type of playmaker that you look to invest a first round pick in. Besides that point, when you talk about where I think he's going to go, I think Kansas City, the Chiefs, is a really real possibility there. When you talk about a team with Patrick Mahomes that really likes to air it out and use their receivers in a lot of different ways, that's something that Quentin Johnson can really grow into. We used him primarily as a vertical threat, and I think that he can fit into that mold just as a rookie and bring them a downfield threat and start to learn through Mahomes and Andy Reid's system on how to develop his route tree and really become a more effective receiver at the NFL level. I, I agree with everything you said. I, I do believe that he will be going to the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. Before the show, I looked in on FanDuel for odds of where he lands. The top two teams to call Quinton's name tonight are the Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. And I, I say as a TCU fan, I said this long before the draft started. I prefer Quinton Johnson actually to go later with a better quarterback as opposed to a team that might not have their quarterback situation figured out. I think that it would be better for him and his development. And I think as overall, his perception, the draft class would do better for him because what we saw in a Quinton was a guy who in the biggest knock by far is he doesn't catch with his hands. Well, he can, you can learn that. And I think he, he has that ability. You don't become a first round talent. You don't have the type of season he had if you are unable to do that. And a lot of the times this year, uh, there were just times where he was open, but there just weren't throws that Max could make. And there's, and those, that's not a knock on Max. That's just a lot of quarterbacks can't make those throws. But you know who can make throws that can make Quinn extra open? Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I, I want to see him in that early because I believe that with the types of throws that those quarterbacks can make and the level they can play at, they can unlock another side of Quentin that no one in college football uh, could replicate. So, you know, it, I agree with you. I think he's going to Kansas City. I think it's just the poetry of he's not invited to Kansas City because the NFL didn't think he would be a first-round draft pick. He ends up being drafted to Kansas City. I think this the the script writes itself sometimes. So I think that's going to be another loose reason why I think he goes to the chiefs, but anyone with a good quarterback, see Quentin thrive early and often and truly get to see his natural ability. So that leads us to some other guys getting drafted. Allen, uh, if we're going based off of NFL draft player rankings, the top frogs on the board are one Quentin Johnson, two Steve Avila, three Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, four Kendra Miller, and then D winters, Dylan Horton, Max Duggan, Darius Davis. So, of the guys not named Quentin Johnson, who do you think, Allen, has the best chance of having a great NFL career, or who do you think will have the best NFL career uh, of the remaining Horned Frogs that we listed? This might not be a popular opinion, but I actually think it's Kendra Miller. I think Kendra Miller is the type of running back that he really is going to fit well into most pro systems. He did everything for TCU. The knock on him was initially that he wasn't a great pass blocker. He really worked on that, and this these became a true three-down back for us. And I think that he's going to be able to be a plug-and-play type of running back and have success early on in his NFL career. 
look again at the Kansas City Chiefs. When you talk about Isaiah Pacheco coming into his own as a rookie, I think Kendra Miller could have a very similar impact if he is put into the right system for him and, you know, could have a very successful pro career from the jump next year. He is Mel Kuyper's fourth-ranked running back in the whole entire draft class behind Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Zach Charbonnet. I think Kendra's better than Zach Charbonnet uh, in some of a biased sense. I uh, haven't really gotten a chance to dissect them that closely, but I have said on Twitter and before that I hope that my hometown Chicago Bears do draft Kendra Miller because I do believe, like you said, that he's going to be a very good NFL running back and a very good NFL running back early on in his career. Uh, to answer my own question, I'm super excited for Steve Avila. I think that he is going to be a stalwart for whatever team gets him and plugs him in. I think he's a day one guy. You know, we always knew that Steve could be a solid offensive lineman, but this year he was one of the best offensive linemen in the country. I had the privilege of having a class with him uh, first semester of my senior year, and he is just as good of a person and a student and a human being as he is a football player. Another guy that I hope my Chicago Bears get because he is a guy that you root for both on and off the field. I believe he's a great leader, and whatever team gets him, whether they put him at center or guard, is going to get a great football player and something that you can rely on to be on your team for years and years to come. But it's going to be interesting, Alan, when we see guys like Travis Hodges Tomlinson, who was asked to play outside at TCU, go to the NFL and play slot, where which truly – fits him better, which is crazy to think about that. He was a nickel playing on the outside and still was able to bring home the Jim Thorpe award. Yeah. I think Tomlinson's an interesting case study, especially when you think about against Texas in 2021, Tomlinson was the guy that actually had to move and play safety after the Merrick ejection. Tomlinson was in putting in that situation really played pretty well on no notice tell, telling him he's going to be playing safety. So he's another really versatile type of player that's going to be able to do a lot of things in the secondary for whoever drafts him. I think the comp there is actually Quandre Diggs, the cornerback from Texas that was another guy in a similar situation who played a lot outside in his time at Texas and then shifted inside and found a lot of success in the NFL. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Tomlinson does in the pros. That, I think he's going to be great. I Truthfully, this class I'm very excited for because uh, I feel we haven't had a truly strong – TCU class. We've had players go and get drafted, but we haven't seen a true class perform in the NFL. I think we're seeing multiple uh, day one starters and eventually multi-year starters in this class for sure. That brings me up to the next question that was I saw on the TCU message boards over at Horn Frog Blitz 24-7. What is the over-under on the amount of frogs drafted? Alan, I'm going to give you my hypothetical line, and if I was Vegas, a line that I would give out, and that is six and a half. Do you think over or under six and a half horn frogs will be drafted? And if you say either, can you name the ones that you believe will be drafted? Yeah, so I actually think it goes over. I think it's the four that we mentioned so far, Johnston, Avila, Tomlinson, and Miller. And then I think the other three are going to be D winners coming off of that fantastic performance in the playoff. I think that Dylan Horton is an NFL type of body, a defensive end with a lot of athleticism coming in as a safety from New Mexico and how he's developed in that sense. And I think Max Duggan's going to get a shot. I think Duggan is the type of player that people are going to be really intrigued by his competitiveness and the way he's led us to go get so many wins over his TCU career that I think he's going to get drafted over these next couple of days. So I think those three, along with the four that we mentioned, lead that to going over the six and a half. I, I agree with you as well. And 
the Max Duggan question I've been asked by many people, not within TCU circles, is Max getting drafted? You know, Max's story alone and just what you saw out of him this season, if you're an NFL GM, why wouldn't you use your last pick on him or your sixth round pick? Because, yes, is Max Duggan going to be throwing dots all over the field and making insane throws? No. But he has the physicality, he has the willingness to win, and he has the mental fortitude that you look for in, at the very least, a a backup quarterback, a guy that if your starting quarterback goes down, this is a guy that you can plug in for the second half for a few drives and you know that he's going to do what he's asked to do. I'm not expecting Max to lead a fourth quarter comeback in the Super Bowl in his NFL career, but he's definitely someone that you want as, okay, He's our solid backup. He can come in for packages because he's fast as all get out. He ran a four five two forty. I mean, he ran a faster 40, Allen, than Quentin Johnston, than Kendra Miller, a similar time to D winners. I mean, this, this he's not slow. And we see we've seen that over a course of the TCU career. And I and I also think that there's a very strong possibility out there that Darius Davis could get drafted strictly because of his vision and his speed in the return game. I was reading an article the other day, and I was talking about how when the Bears drafted Devin Hester, that the main scout who was over the southeast region had to convince everyone in the room how much of a difference maker he could be. They said, well, draft him as a cornerback, but we're strictly just going to ask him to you know, do kick and punt returns. This isn't me saying that Darius Davis is the next Devin Hester, but his upside is game-changing. Devin Hester, you guys, anyone in Chicago – the Bears don't get that Super Bowl done six, and the Bears don't have the reputation they did in that time period without Devin Hester. So the return game is a very important phase of the game that can't go unnoticed. And we as Horn Frog fans even saw it. Darius Davis on the punt return kind of sealed the mission game in a way. So the return game is a truly underrated facet. And to me, if you're an NFL GM, what's the harm in taking him just I understand maybe undrafted free agency might be cheaper for you. You might be able to get someone else you want, but I truly think that Darius Davis is another guy you can say that is worth a late round draft pick for sure. So give me yeah, I think one other guy. Yeah, and I think one other guy is Amari Di Mercado. When you talk about a guy who is, in my mind, an NFL ready running back, he's an older guy, an incredibly smart guy, as he just is completing his doctorate at TCU right now. And I think he's the type of player that he's going to find a lot of success at the NFL level. When you talk about what used to be the knock on Miller, where which was his pass blocking, that's when DeMarcado stepped in. And DeMarcado was the type of guy that played in those third down situations. He was great at catching the ball in the open field and making, frankly, big plays as well. You think about the Michigan game after Miller went down, DeMarcado carried the load for us and really helped us find that victory there. And I think he's the type of player that he's going to be able to find a chance if he can capitalize on an opportunity to have a really solid NFL career as well. I, I you, you're hit on the nail on the head, Alan. That's for sure. So stay tuned to the draft tonight or uh, Friday night if you're listening to on Friday and the rest of the weekend. Uh, truly follow along TCU socials. They'll be posting when all of our guys hear their name called. That leads us next to this weekend in Fort Worth. There's a big series, Alan, between the Texas Christian University Horn Frogs and the University of Texas Longhorns in baseball. This is always one of the top series in college baseball it's turned into a rivalry for sure in the big 12 and in years past it has decided the the big 12 many of times but this year it's a little bit different this is this series is more so 
whose ship they think is sinking, who who is pressing the panic button uh, as more so as who is trying to hoist that Big 12 trophy. Because while neither team is really out of it, um, neither team is really in the thick of it as of right now. Uh, we do have an update for you guys that the series was slated to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but due to inclement weather in Fort Worth, it will be Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That Monday game will be at 1 p.m. Alan, this is huge. TCU is 7-8. and eight. They're sitting at currently 7th in the conference, which is realistically second to last due to there only being nine teams. Texas is 8-7. and seven. Both teams are within striking distance, but both teams need this series win. Texas coming off of a sweep at home versus OU. TCU is coming off of a sweep on the road versus West Virginia, but they did get a huge win against DBU this weekend. Alan, from your perspective, what does this series mean for Kirk Charles and the com- and company? I mean, this is sort of the breaking point between whether or not this team is really going to have a chance to make a deep run into hopefully Omaha or if it's going to be a season where we're going to be floating around the bubble and really have to play our way into the field at going into the Big 12 tournament in these last few weeks. If TC can find a way to win two of these games against Texas, it puts us in a much better situation to feel comfortable about receiving a bid to the NCAA tournament. But if we lose two of three or even if we get swept, I don't think this team is going to be anywhere near a lock to be playing in the NCAAs unless they make a really incredible run at the Big 12 tournament or, frankly, go on a tear to finish off the regular season. So I think this is a very big deal for us, especially when you talk about having a guy like Porter Brown making his return to Lepton, who after playing essentially his whole career in Fort Worth so far. So there's a lot of bad blood between these programs, as you mentioned, and I think it's really exciting with this different angle of it not being for a Big 12 championship, but rather for – bubble spots and for big 12 seating within the middle of the pack. Yeah. Alan, and this is a team and I've, I'm definitely not alone in this feeling. We started off so hot with wins against Arkansas and Vandy and a close loss to Mizzou. And it's kind of the ship has just fallen apart and you know, it's getting frustrating is I think the word. And this weekend is either going to soften that blow. I think we could go out there and look like the best team in the country. I'm still going to be weird about where this team is going because I know where Texas stands. Um, it's no it's no secret that if Texas doesn't have a good end of the season and doesn't do well in the postseason, that David Pierce's job is up for question. So that, that makes me think that way. But when it comes to their own team, Regardless of what happens, we've seen a very long stretch of baseball where we've seen some of the worst baseball I've ever seen in my recent memory at TCU. There's been TCU teams that just don't have the talent. There's been TCU teams that are just in the transition period or and find a, a good Big 12, like the Shea Langoliers, uh, Baylor year. That was just a TCU team that just didn't have it all, and those are, the Big 12 was better than we were in in terms of the top. But what we've seen this year, Alan, is just mistakes, bad situational hitting, pitching that I can't tell you who our Friday night guy is, Alan. And we are entering um, the third, second to last uh, Big 12 series of the season. And I can't tell you who our Friday night guy is. And I don't think the guy in the dugout can either. And it's kind of a concern. And this is a weekend where if you're Kirk Sarloos and Coach Bruce and Kyle Winkler and John Deloria, you got to figure it out because the mood from the Horn Frog faithful is not good when it comes to the baseball team. And no one's really mad at the players really, because 
it doesn't seem like a player's issue. We know the talent. We've seen every single one of these players play at a level. The, the peak of this team is Omaha, but the f- floor right now, as we're seeing, is sitting at home just like us and watching the postseason. This is a big weekend, Alan. No, I agree. I think it's really important, as you mentioned, starting pitching has been this team's kryptonite so far this year. When you talk about the only guy that we know is going to start a game this weekend is Cole Klecker. Well, he began the season coming out of the bullpen, and he's the only one that's really cemented a role within the starting rotation. And when that's your pitching situation, it's a major issue. When you're talking about when you have two veteran guys like Ryan Vanderhei and Cam Brown that have really let you down throughout the year, you got to be able to find some production out of those types of arms in order to find success going into May and throughout the postseason. So hopefully we can get those two guys to step up or have somebody else step into those roles for us to find some success. Exactly. The good thing is TCU is 5-1 and one at home in conference play. So his- history says that we should be all right. Um, you know, you got to get a series win here and get that tiebreaker over Texas. You have you don't have the tiebreaker over OU, who is standing the same record as us. You don't have the tiebreaker over Tech, who has the same record as UT. You still need to play Kansas State. So, I mean, the Big 12 this year is down. That that's I, I'm one of the biggest Big 12 homers you're going to find. I defend this league in every sport as best I can. But there's nothing wrong with saying this is a down year, and especially when – TCU, Texas, Tech, and OU, four of your strongest teams, neither are in the top three, you know, that that lets you know the kind of year it is. And shout out to uh, Coach Mize out in West Virginia. You know, he former TCU assistant coach, everything him and his family have been through, and it's the hard work he's put in West Virginia. They deserve this kind of year. And while it hurt to see them get swept, I know that what's going on in Morgantown is being done the right way and uh, the, the old-fashioned way. So hats off to them. But this is a down year for the Big 12. It is. So uh, the only thing is TCU has got to find a way to fight its way back up those standings. And when tournament time comes, you got to perform in Arlington. you got to get at least two wins, at least, Allen, if this team is going to have any sort of momentum going into the, the tournament. Yeah, I mean, just as you mentioned, getting swept by West Virginia and former head coach, or I guess West Virginia's current head coach, former TCU assistant Randy Mazey, was a, a really interesting thing to see. But at the same time, you're right. It's like the whole season is still ahead of you at this point. You're going into May, and you have to view it as a new slate. You're viewing this as when your season really going to come into fruition. This is when this TCU team has to capitalize on the Lupton Magic and playing these big home games this weekend against Texas and next our next home conference series against Baylor. Try to be able to find five, six wins out of those games and – catapult themselves into some real momentum leading into the postseason where hopefully they can make a run in Arlington and beyond. Exactly. All right. Well, um, for all the updates for both the draft and TCU baseball, follow along TCU football, TCU baseball, or Barstool TCU for other off-brand commenting. Uh, but is there anything else, Alan, for the fans before we depart? Uh, nothing else for me. Just go Frogs. Yes, thank you guys for listening. Like we said, we will come out these episodes as we feel uh, as baseball gets towards the end of the year. Draft recap, other things that kind of happen. We'll get you guys episodes out. Uh, remember to follow us on socials. We're both active on Twitter, Frog Pod Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there for graphics and updates on when we drop episodes. Uh, remember to subscribe and tell all your friends. And after you subscribe, listen to a few episodes. Give us a like. Give us that five stars. It does uh, help us spread the growth, especially on our podcasting platforms. But remember to always make every day your best day and go Frogs.